0: It's good, isn't it? Man helpless and yet God. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, gospel this morning. And it's lovely to be here, isn't it? Lovely to be in church on a Sunday morning. Um, my text this morning is taken from the, uh, a verse from our reading uh, Luke chapter 1. And if you've got your Bible, please follow. It's a good practice, okay, to follow the minister with your Bible. That's what they said of the Bereans, didn't they? They searched the Scriptures to see whether Paul was doing his job right. (laughs) So my text is Luke 1 and verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How can this be? Since I don't know a man. How can this be? Since I don't know or do not know a man. Shall we pray quickly. God of impossibilities, we ask that you'd anoint uh, the preaching of the word this morning, and the hearing too. Thank you for a saviour who is tender, a God who understands, and Lord, we ask that you would presence yourself with us even this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Glenn Scrivner, uh, I think he was here recently, uh, wrote on Twitter last week, that you either believe in one or two miracles. Christians believe in the miracle of the virgin birth of Jesus. Atheists believe in the virgin birth of the universe. Choose your miracle. Choose your miracle. I know what I would choose. (laughs) One is very hopeful and one is a bit bare, isn't it? A bit hopeless. Last week, I'm aware that Andy preached to you about a song, the Magnificat, Mary's song, where she lifts God up. This morning, I want to look at the reason. We're going a little bit back. Why why was she so happy? Because God is described in her song as the one who has done great things, great things, Well, let's see what one of those major great things my English is failing, uh, was this morning. What makes you happy at Christmas? Uh, You know, food maybe, family, friends. Or maybe you're quite unhappy this year. Maybe when you look under a tree, there's somebody not there this year. Maybe your house is quite cold. Uh, people are struggling to eat their homes, aren't they? Well, the Bible has a playlist, doesn't it? I don't know if you've got Spotify at home. You've probably got Netflix. But have you got Spotify? That streaming service where you can choose your favourite music. And when I'm preparing sermons, I've got a playlist. Okay? The Bible has a playlist. You considered a song last week. We'll consider another one tonight. But the theme of that playlist, or the name of that playlist, is Evangel, Gospel. Okay, we must never forget that. Good news. Good news for a bad news world. This morning, I've got breaking news for you. A virgin conceives. A virgin... Conceives It's one of the great pillars of the Christian faith. The virgin birth, where people flock to see her, really, don't they? When, uh, when Christ is brought forth. And at the other end of his life, the resurrection. Those are the two great pillars of our faith. But why is this relevant, the virgin birth? Well, when the virgin birth is denied, one writer says... Denial of Jesus' divinity is not far behind. And once you start denying, what does divinity mean? Divinity means that Jesus was God, okay? Let's not uh, be silly this morning and say that he was just a man. No, no, he's God, God of God, light of light, fully God, fully man. And when you deny Jesus' divinity, what follows close behind that is that you deny the need for Christ's saving work. So the virgin conception is really important, okay? I want us to think firstly this morning about an impossible situation, an impossible situation. She's a young girl. She's probably, most of them are gone now, aren't they? She's probably about 12 or 13 We forget that, don't we? We think she's a student or someone a bit older. Poor, probably. Educated, probably not. She's a Nazarene, and you know, they've got a bad name in the Bible, haven't they? Do you remember Nathaniel? I think the pastor preached on Nathaniel recently, and Nathaniel thinks, well, what good comes from Nazareth? So she's poor. She's probably not educated. She's a Nazarene. And she's from a culture where girls aren't appreciated. A culture where women are ignored. Their words are not counted for anything. To quote Kent she's a nobody in a nothing town in the middle of nowhere. Okay? An impossible situation. You think I'm harsh, but we know there are places in the world today where there are girls are nobodies in nothing towns in the middle of nowhere she's engaged yes verse 34 says though that she doesn't know a man yet that doesn't mean she doesn't know any men in her village Uh, rather she was not married and therefore not intimate with a man she's betrothed it's more than engagement we would remember this from sunday school she's promised to joseph and he's described in the scripture as chaos. he's just he's righteous that doesn't mean he's sin free but it means that he's trusting in god for the forgiveness of his sin he's a christian before his little boy had come forth it seems that mary is similar and yet even though she's chaos, she's 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 a, she's good in that sense Her situation remains impossible. Impossible. Why on earth does this angel from heaven come to this nobody in the middle of nowhere? Is she special then? That song, isn't there, by Wham? I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) Give it to someone special. Uh, Roman Catholicism teaches us that Mary was special. Roman Catholicism would call her theotokos. She's the mother of God, a source of grace who we can pray to. That's not what I see in my Bible, friends. She's the recipient of grace, not the source. And she was given a great honor. Yes, oh yes. No one else would be the mother of Jesus like Mary, And yet we see her lowly estate was part of God's plan. A plan of impossibility. Her prospects were not that good, but God would see to that. Notice in in the Gospel of Luke, Luke doesn't begin with Mary in his Gospel, does he? Do you remember, Andy's covered this really well recently, there was a foreigner because God and Luke wants us to remember, look how God works. Do you remember how God works? Jewish people, Gentile people. He wants us to remember that Isaac and Samuel were brought forth from impossible situations. And you remember at the end of the Old Testament, Malachi says that Elijah would come, John the Baptist, an impossible child really. you you know John would have been brought would be brought about in an extraordinary way his mother was old and yet what we have Luke preparing us for is something even better because John would have looked a bit like Zechariah Jesus didn't look like Joseph where's the father where's the father We know that when a man and a woman come together and are married in that safe and sacred place, children are born, aren't they? But Mary was confused in the words of our text. Look at it again there. Uh, She's not showing doubt here in verse 34. She's asking a pretty sensible question. How can this be? How? How? How can this be? I, I've just become a father. Uh, I, I do go on about it a bit. <laughs> and Seth already, I, well, I think, looks like me, you know. Uh, he's not a small baby. and um, But we look at the Lord Jesus Christ and we'd say, but where's the father of this boy? It troubles our 21st century minds. Verse 32 if you go back a couple of verses, it seems to give an answer, doesn't it? He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, David wasn't another chap in Nazareth that Mary knew. No, we know who David was. He's been dead for a few years. This is King David. And the Apostle Paul states in Romans 1, doesn't he? Jesus was descended from David according to the flesh, man, and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, God, man, God. Flesh and birth equals mankind, doesn't it? Nothing captures the humanity of man more than a birth. It makes me laugh. The Christmas cards, you see them there. It's all very nice. Jesus isn't even crying in the cards. But even in the Heath or the Princess of Wales hospitals, the birth of a child is graphically earthy, isn't it? There is pain, sweat, blood. I won't go on. These are characteristics of a nativity. There's the nakedness of a mother and child. No crying he makes nonsense. He, this baby would be a real man. He had to be. Who cried when he was born. He would be born like you and me. And yet, verse 27, go back. Can you manage that? Can you go back a few verses? <laughs> he clearly states that Mary and Joseph were merely betrothed. Not married. The the word there, virgin, is repeated twice, just in case you don't understand. And remember, Luke was a doctor. He understood what a virgin was. There's no husband yet. There'd been hints of this mystery in the Old Testament. Do you remember Isaiah, when he said, A virgin will conceive... And this was given as a sign by God and will bear a son. God with us. But people have forgotten those promises. When Seth was born, we didn't know whether it would be a boy or a girl. Have you noticed the words of the angel? We'd sometimes look at the scans. And we try and figure out from his legs whether he'd be a boy or a girl. But it would be a surprise. And yet for Mary, there was no surprise. Uh, You you will, the Bible says, bring forth a son. A son. And they don't go through that endless... I can see fathers dotted around here. The endless... Oh, what should we call him, uh, dear wife? Um, Should we call him... Rachmaninov, or... uh, (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um, No, you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus, the Lord saves. All of this is against the laws of nature. An impossible situation. You see, thank God that it was against the laws of nature, eh? Thank God that it was. Because according to the law of nature, when you are born, you are born in sin. And you, t- you, you inherit your sin from your parents. According to nature, a boy like this is condemned. There's no hope for him. And our you know, destiny was tied to those parents back in that garden glade when they fell. You know the story. We were there in a way, just like we were there in Qatar when whales dropped out. When Adam fell in the garden, you fell... You you know that, though, don't you? I don't know if you've walked in here this morning. I don't need to tell you that you need... You don't need to teach your children how to misbehave. And you older folks, you look at your hands. Inside, you feel like you're going to live forever. You're going to live forever, but then you look at your hands and you have a nasty shock in the morning, don't you? The wrinkles start coming. That's nature. That's nature. If you're new here this morning, have you met yourself yet? Have you realised that inside, you know in your heart that you're designed to live forever? That sad song, isn't it, by a famous group. You're designed to live forever, and yet, we know that we're sinners. We're sinners. And we try and ignore that final destination, don't we? Oh, don't be so serious preacher it's Christmas for goodness sake why are you such a Scrooge (laughs) it's at Christmas that we notice the years passing and to you Scrooge do you remember in Dickens's Christmas Carol I don't know which version you've watched watch the Alistair Sim one please not the Muppets (laughs) Um, you remember that the friend That ghostly figure comes to warn him on Christmas Eve. These chains I forged in life. He's condemned. He's doomed, and yet he tries to warn his friend, Ebenezer. There's a second chance. Something that is against the law of nature. Misery is the destination if you're not in Christ this morning. An eternity separated from God. You don't get that in every church. They'll tell you to just keep on living and God is love and everything will turn out all right in the end. But we know that it is appointed man once to die. We know this. And then the judgment. The end of the novel sees poor Ebenezer Scrooge standing above an open grave do you remember it and he begs the spirit help me help me my friends by nature you too are an impossible case you too are destined for something worse than the grave i'm warning you like that spirit at that christmas eve story that there is a second chance there is a chance the last chance not even a second because there won't be a third Perhaps like Mary this morning, you feel like a nobody. Do you feel that you've done far too much in the past? You, you don't look in the, in the closet because the skeletons are more than one. You may not be a virgin from a Judean hamlet this morning, but you still need God. My friend, God delights in impossible cases. He delights in it. Mary's womb was dark and empty. Your soul is dark and empty without Christ. Is he your saviour this morning? That's what his name means. Not a blasphemy, saviour. You see, one, one preacher said, the mystery that attaches to the arrival of Christ is akin or is the same to the mystery that attaches to the bringing of a man or a woman to faith in the living God. It's the same mystery. But we haven't answered Mary's question yet, have we? How can this be? How? How? How can I bear a son when I'm not married? How can we be saved when we are such impossible cases? The answer, secondly, is divine. It's divine. Look at verse 35. Gives us gabriel's answer to mary doesn't it the holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of god <laughs> it's wonderful the holy spirit will come upon you and overshadow you the image the writer wants us to imagine here is a really old image okay The verb episciatio, it's the same word that we get right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1, verse 2. Do you remember that bit? And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God overshadowed or hovered or covered that darkness, moving upon the face of the waters, The ruach of God, the wind of God, that creating spirit. What is Luke saying here? Well, Mary, the boy that will be made in you will be divinely created. Will be divinely created. Not man-made like the balloon or the rocket. No, this will be divinely created. A new humanity. Do you realise that this morning? You see, he'd already created Adam and Eve from the dust and Eve from the rib of the dust. They were perfect, weren't they? And yet, think about this for a minute. Just pause. God would weave a human in the womb of a sinner who would be without sin. God is beginning again. God is beginning again. But look, it's not only a perfect little boy. Look at part two of verse 35. That holy one is to be born shall be called the son of God. That's the deity there. I was, um, I was climbing uh, in the Pyrenees a few years ago and it was snowing, uh, the French Pyrenees. And I was nervous of walking on the snow and it's quite, you know, steep. And dad, who's a much more experienced climber, some of you know him, he makes sure that you uh, he knows that he's a much more experienced climber than his son, gave me the tools that I needed. An ice axe, shoes, clothing, and he told me where to go. (laughs) And in the early days, he would try and encourage me up the hill uh, to get my um, fear away. Find a path, son. Dig your shoes in the snow. It was difficult. And, I'd... and one time, I fell quite badly on the snow. And I, typical boy, I was in a t-shirt. And I slipped down and I burnt my arm. He came up behind me. And he was, you know, shaking his head like he does. Oh, knifing. And he, he ties a rope to me. And he goes in front to me and he leads me up the hill. I know I'm safe because I'm tied to him. I'm tied to him. He knew the way, I've got to be honest, he was far stronger and fitter than me. He knew the way he was able. That's a picture of your story uh, this morning. If you're a Christian, on our own we can't make it. On our own, we're going to slip. We have slipped. On our own, uh, we're heading for disaster. And yet, What Christmas is about is about God coming behind us and saying, I will tie myself to you. I will tie myself to you so much that I'll become a man. It's amazing, isn't it? How can this be? And Jonah had the answer long, long time before he came. Salvation? Is of the Lord Jesus, is of the Lord God so loved the world that He gave us His only Son, begotten Son. That whoever believes on Him will not fall and die and go to that eternal damnation, but will have eternal life. Salvation, Jesus, He's the perfect promise. Fully man, fully God, yet without sin. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but not in sinful flesh. Mysteriously, even though biologically, he's Mary born, as it were, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, he does not inherit her corruption. The Holy Spirit hovers over the womb and makes a new pristine human nature of the Son of God. He is the perfect promise. This morning. Thirdly, he is the perfect promise. His name is Jesus. The name is key here, brothers and sisters. That name that may have haunted you for years. You blaspheme or you think, oh yeah, Jesus. Uh, Back of your mind. That name which is so well known in the world. I think most people know who Jesus is, don't they? Jesus, Jesus, all sufficient. Very few see him thus. Joseph needs it spelled out for him. Do you remember in Matthew? You can imagine the poor chap I feel for Joseph. (laughs) He's, He's the forgotten one usually, isn't he? And yet he showed great, great faith joseph there encountered by the same angel angelos in the greek messenger this message she will bring forth a son joseph you shall call his name jesus joseph's thinking hang on i wanted to call i wanted to call my boy a name no for he will save his people from their sins this is really simple this morning, really, isn't it? Thank God for the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus' name fitted him perfectly. Have you ever called him saviour? Have you? Please tell me you have. Because if you haven't, then you have a great problem ahead of you. You see, this figure isn't just the one with blonde hair and blue eyes in your storybooks. No, no. Front to you. And to you this day is born this Jesus, this Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ is the miraculously conceived son of a virgin, yet through Israel's winding history, he's heir of the kingdom of David, the promises of Abraham, and yet he's my Saviour. He's my Saviour this morning. In the time of the Bible, Let's go to, let's go in our minds now to a street there somewhere in the Middle East. Let's knock on the door. And, uh, well, he's not a blind man anymore. You can see Bartimaeus opens the door. And I ask him, Bartimaeus, he says, yes, tell me, man, how can you see? How can you see? And Bartimaeus looks at me and a smile comes over his face. Oh, Jesus, save me where right, we'll go across the street to another house. Uh, the, oh, you can see the crutches in the corner there. They don't, they're going to use them for firewood later. Oh, sir, sir, how can you walk? Oh, it's that remarkable man, Jesus, that saved me. And then he said, you think what he did for me was amazing? You should go to the next street. There's a man there called Lazarus. Go to Bethany, actually, because he's moved house. Um, In Bethany, um, we knock on the door. And this man, he can hardly talk because he's amazed. I say, you were dead. You were dead. Yet Jesus saved me. Oh, during his ministry, he saved people from the effects of sin, didn't he? But then, on that cross... He dealt with sin itself. He didn't just heal the blind and bring uh, life to the dead physically. He dealt with sin itself on that cross. Its shame, its guilt, its power, and its dominion was broken not by that little baby, but by Almighty Christ. He came into a manger, though, for you. He suffered the gossip of his parentage for you. He was flogged as a criminal for me and for you. He carried that cross an awfully long way and he was spat upon for you. And he died there naked for you. And yet we sit here as if I'm saying a fairy tale. His resurrection then, is the other pillar by which our faith is built upon. And you remember how the disciples rushed to the tomb because no longer is he encased in the swaddling bands of the manger, but the, the loincloth is empty. He is risen. He is risen. Oh, brothers and th- sisters, it's time for you this morning to call Jesus by who he really is. Not the baby in the manger, not the good man who did amazing miracles, but my saviour. My saviour. Is he your saviour this morning? Are you tired of the haunting of your own sin? There's still time. There's still time. Just like Scrooge stood above his grave and he said to the spirit, please, please, I can change, I can change. My friends, I've got news for you this morning. Not only does a virgin conceive, but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It's the same guarantee. And what is the sign of this truth? An empty grave. An empty grave. An impossible situation. Not only did the virgin bring forth a son from nothing, but Christ was risen. Christ was risen. There's still time. Let me introduce you this morning to Jesus Christ, the perfect promise, born, born of the Virgin Mary. Will you worship Him this morning for His name's sake? Amen. I'm trying to find the hymn number. <laughs> uh, our final hymn is a familiar one: uh, "O come, all ye faithful." Can you come this morning? Joyful and triumphant, O oh, come ye, oh come ye. to Bethlehem. Let us rise and worship together.
1: thee, and we just um, praise thee for what we've heard this morning, that unto us, of all people, a savior has been born. Father, we just are so happy this morning to be thy blood-bought children, children of mercy, and we want to praise
0: thee now for Calvary's pain. We thank thee for being able to remember not just the birth but the death and the resurrection continue with us in Jesus name amen